Welcome to Daily Devotion with Ken Gurley. Devotions designed to inspire you on your daily walk with God. Each day we walk through the vital principles of the abundant life. Our Lord can do above and beyond all we ask or think. Here's your host, Ken Gurley. Faded glory. That's how I began this series of thoughts on America. Faded glory. Ezekiel saw the glory leave Jerusalem in chapters 8 through 11. Four chapters to leave. But Ezekiel saw it returning in chapters 40 to 48. Four chapters to leave, nine chapters to come back. And the return far outshadowed the departure. Hello, my name is Ken Curley, and on Daily Devotion this week, we're talking about revival in America. It was Julia Ward Howe that penned the lyrics, Mine eyes have seen the glory of the coming of the Lord. He is trampling out the vintage where the grapes of wrath are stored. His truth is marching on. When it's all about glory, God wins, and we win. The 43rd chapter of Isaiah said, I will say to the north, give up, and to the south, keep not back. Bring my sons from far and my daughters from the ends of the earth, even everyone that is called by my name. For I have created him for my glory. I have formed him, yea, I have made him. We were created for the glory of God. Early Americans saw this country in the light of the same glory. They believed in America's exceptionalism, that she was this shining city set upon a hill. They believed in her manifest destiny, that this land had to stretch from sea to shining sea, and then her wings should blanket the world. They believed that America had a unique mission from God to spread truth and liberty across the globe. The glory is faded, but it can return. I know that in our nation's history, God's glory has been witnessed. We can go back to Scripture and see when people, nations, and churches experience the glory of God. God met Moses on a mountain, and when Moses left the mountain, he brought the glory of God with him. A pillar of fire by night and cloud by day was God's manifest, revealed glory that led his people through the wilderness journey. The glory of God was witnessed in Solomon's temple. A cloud so thick entered the building that no one could minister. God's glory has been witnessed in people, in nations, and in churches. Some local churches have been so heavy with God's glory. You can witness it in the worship. You can sense it in the prayer closets. When you walk in the door, you feel the weight of another world in the service. America has seen the glory of God. Several years ago, I decided that I did not know enough about the Revolutionary War. I'd read many books and biographies about the Civil War, but I knew next to nothing about the war that brought America into existence, except what I learned in history books in high school and college. And so I began reading. And the more I read, I realized God did cause this nation to come into being. There's a book I came across recently called Seven Miracles That Saved America. It summarized how I felt after reading so many books about this great country. The million to one odds that ships carrying supplies found Jamestown just before it was abandoned. The fog that rolled in saving the Continental Army from utter destruction. 
the discovery of the Japanese fleet en route to Midway, and the battle there that pitted a small American fleet against a far superior one. You could add your own stories of miracles in your family's history, loved ones who saw angels on battlefields, enemy bullets stopped by Bibles and soldiers' pockets, provision, wisdom, insight to make the right decisions. The authors of this book made this statement, There is no overwhelming proof, but deep inside we know, and to those who believe, it also seems clear that these events took place with the direction and purpose. Despite our weaknesses, which are many, and our failings, which have existed since our inception, God has been willing to intervene so that this nation might survive. God's glory has been seen in America. But we also saw that his glory can pass. Ezekiel saw the glory leave. He saw it depart. God's glory can leave a person, can leave a church, can leave a movement, an organization, a nation. The glory left Moses. He covered his face where the passing glory could not be witnessed. The glory left the temple at Shiloh. The glory left Jerusalem and Israel. Why did the glory leave the temple? It's an old story played out again and again. People forsake their heritage. They abandon the centrality of God and his word. They disobey the commandments of God. Warnings are given. Prophetic voices are heard. But all go unheeded. They give heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. The flesh life is magnified. The spirit life is minimized. And soon the godly voices are mocked and scorned. And God's glory began its slow trek away, looking for a more hospitable environment. Let's go back to Shiloh a moment. Shiloh is the place where the tabernacle of Moses came to rest after the promised land had been entered. Shiloh, where Eli was a priest. Eli was an undisciplined man. He didn't discipline his sons, Hophni and Phinehas. They took the ark of God, that ark above which the glory cloud had stood for many years. They took that into battle against the Philistines. The ark was lost. Eli's sons were killed. When Eli heard the news, he fainted, fell from his chair, broke his neck, and passed. Word eventually got to Phineas's wife, who was expecting a child. When she heard what happened, she went into labor with the child. The labor did not go well. As her boy was born, she felt her life slipping from her and a desperation gripped her. I must name my child. I must name him. Sensing the importance of the moment, she searched wildly for a name. What must have been going through her mind? I'm not naming him after his grandfather, Eli, who died today. I can't mourn because a curse had fallen on the house of Eli. Within five generations, no longer would any of his family be the priest of Israel. No, Eli's fall was not the worst news of the day. I'm not naming him after his uncle Hophni. That's bad, but I could have lived through it. I'm not naming him after his daddy, Phineas. To do so would have been the expected thing. No, Mrs. Phineas must have thought that's not the worst news of the day. She reckoned the worst news of the day was not the loss of her father-in-law, her brother-in-law, or even her husband. The true disaster to that dying mother was that the ark of God was taken 
that the manifest glory of God had gone missing. I will call him Ichabod. Name this child Ichabod. Name this inglorious generation Ichabod. For this child will never know the warmth and the glow of God's glory. This generation will not see the power and might of our God. That's the saddest thing of the day. Name him Ichabod. You see, Ichabod is a compound word that simply means not glory, no glory, without glory, inglorious. The glory of the Lord has departed. That boy would be a remembrance that the glory of God can slip so easily from our midst. A child of God with no glory will not see a transformed life, a church with no glory will not see changed lives. Oh, they may make it for a generation or two or three, but eventually in the fourth and fifth generation, the toll of powerless saints will take its toll. Altars grow barren, and the banner of truth lies in the streets, and the residual convictions and standards of a previous generation dissipate and are trodden underfoot. The mission becomes the flesh life, and the concerns grow less than global. America is walking in the footsteps of Cain. She's walking away from the presence of God. The glory is fading, and faded glory is tough to restore. Tough, but not impossible. For with God, all things are possible to them that believe. All things are possible. So our prayer today on Daily Devotion is may his glory return. Ezekiel lifted up his eyes in his last vision. That last vision was the same as his first. He saw the glory of God, but this time it was not leaving. It was returning. His glory can return to America, our churches, our families. That glory that has departed can be transformed into glory returned. His glory can make a comeback. The Bible says that Cain went out from the presence of God. God's glory departs from man only after man departs from God. And the inverse is true. God's glory returns when we return to God. Wasn't that the message of the robe and the ring the father put on the shoulders and the hand of the prodigal? That the father's glory awaits those who return to him. Zechariah and Haggai were two minor prophets that God sent to stir up his people to do a great work for the Lord. In Zechariah 2, the prophet speaks of God's glory coming and returning to Israel. In Haggai chapter 2, we read the sequencing of the returning glory. Here's what God says. I will shake heaven and earth. I will fill this temple with glory. The silver is mine. The gold is mine, and the glory of this latter temple shall be greater than the former. In man's world, in the laws of economy, there is a law of diminishing returns. But in God's world, the latter is greater than the former. It was a vision that Ezekiel had of the latter-day house that just intrigues me. He was exploring the temple of God. Ezekiel's vision of the temple was like none other known to mortal man. He noted that as he climbed a set of stairs into the house of God, 
that uncannily the next floor was larger than the lower floor. He noted that the higher he went, the larger the space grew. That God is saving his greatest for the last. That you and I have not seen the greatest of what God can do. That we can climb a little higher and we can see a little more. But notice the sequencing. God said, first the shaking, then the glory. I will shake the heaven and the earth. I will shake everything that can be shaken. So when you feel the earth tremble beneath your feet, when you hear the bad news on Wall Street, when you see the hatred and violence all across our world, when you witness the destruction of institutions such as family and marriage, get ready. On the other side of the shaking comes the glory. When God shakes the world, the rock of ages will be revealed. When God shakes the world, we will realize the Lord is our only refuge. Yes, indeed, mine eyes have seen the glory of the coming of the Lord. His truth is marching on. The authors of Seven Miracles That Changed America concluded, that if God has performed the miraculous before, he can and will do it again. America, you're experiencing a shaking, but there's coming a glory. So believers, renew your consecration. Cry out to the Lord, because it's through your prayers America will receive its final awakening. It's through your prayers that we will bring back the glory of God to this nation and we will see a great revival. Thank you for sharing in daily devotion with Ken Gurley. We pray this ministry has been a source of encouragement and strength to you. Please be mindful that your financial support enables us to meet with you each day. To give a donation or connect with us, visit our website at kengurley.com. There you will also find the latest books, podcasts, and resources. Blessed 90 Days to Change Your World is Pastor Gurley's latest book. You can get your copy of this life-changing book at kengurley.com. May God's favor rest on you in every way until we meet again.